Hello and welcome to In The Share with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized informative podcast designed to be listened to in the share, but really, you can listen to it anywhere you want. The whole point of this podcast is that we take the mysteries of the world and we debunk them in a bite-sized, informative chunk. Listeners send in those questions and we answer them. So far, we've answered questions like... Where did the idea of a three-course meal come from? How much wood would a woodchuck actually chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Why do we cry when we're sad? And loads more. I suppose you could say... We expand your mind while you wash your behind. And this week is no different. For the last six weeks, we've partnered with Cadbury Twirl to answer the mysteries of the world, those twirly thoughts that keep you awake at night. All in a bid to get to the bottom of the most mysterious question of them all. What makes a twirl so twirly? Okay, what's your theory, Marcus? I think that maybe the twirl is all in our imagination. Oh? Yeah, I read, I read. I remember reading a book when I was a kid that said that the only thing that kept planes in the sky was the collective belief that that it could fly from all the people on the plane. What if the thing that makes a twirl twirly is the collective belief of the entire world that the inside of a twirl is twirly? So you're trying to tell me that the inside of a twirl may not even be twirly. I'm saying it might not even be real. Do you <gasps> know, it could be chocolate twirls manifest by the goodwill of humanity. Getting deep right here. But I think that could be it. That's a, that's a, that's a theory and a half, Marcus. I, I think, what are my favourite ones so far? I think, I think my theory of the semi-molten sheet of chocolate that's scrunched up. I feel like that is the most viable theory. I like the spiralizer. That is put through a spiralizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good ones. I'm going to have a new one next. I'm going to think about the answer this week. I want to get to the bottom of what makes a twirl so twirly. (laughs) Okay, anyway, moving from one question to another. This week's question was actually submitted via a live show. Marcus and I did a live edition of In The Share with Taz and Marcus at Electric Picnic, which for all you international listeners is a massive big music festival in Ireland. And... We asked some of our audience members if they had any questions they'd like to know the answer to. And one of them said this one. And it is absolutely brilliant. They asked, why do we cross our fingers for good luck? In the shower with Taz and Marcus, 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 in the shower with Taz and Marcus. So as we said, this question was asked at our live show of In the Shower with Taz and Marcus in the Cadbury tent at Electric Picnic. Do you cross your fingers for luck? Actually, do you know what? I don't even know if that falls under superstition. Um, it's just a thing that people do. Um, are you superstitious? You, I, I, I know you're superstitious. I, I, I am, and I am not Like I very much choose what I'm superstitious about. Is that how superstition works? <laughs> no, seriously. Like I kind of pick and choose. There's only really a certain few that I follow religiously, like magpies. You know the, you know the rhyme. It's like one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold. <gasps> Seven for a secret to remain untold? Yes, well is that, done. Is that it? Yes, yes, yes. Well, whenever I see a magpie, I salute. Because apparently, when you salute one magpie, it cancels out the sorrow. But I mean, like, I always Are salute. we talking, like, a big, like... Oh, like a proper salute. If I'm, I'm, yeah. if I'm with someone, I salute. If I'm cycling my bike, I salute. If I'm sitting in a restaurant, I salute. It's just not worth the risk, you know? What about, what about you? Are you uh, superstitious about anything? I'm superstitious about a few things. Um... 
Oh, let me think what I'm superstitious about. Ooh, ooh. My granny used to carry a rabbit's foot. What? Yeah, that's that's meant to be lucky. I, that's not directly me being superstitious, but just thinking of superstition. An actual rabbit's foot? An actual, like a taxidermized rabbit's foot. Yeah, for good luck. You are having a laugh. There's no, no way that's a thing. Yeah, no, you can look it up. Rabbit's foot is, um, is a big superstition. <laughs> um, what are other superstitions that have kind of come through my life? Um, magpies were always one as well. Um, black cats crossing your path, but we actually we talked about that in an episode. We did, mm-hmm. and how that all came from people thinking black cats were witches. But anyway, no, the, like any other uh, any other superstitions for you? Well, another one that I always follow is the salt one. You know, oh, like salt over your left shoulder. Yeah, yeah. If you spill salt then apparently it's bad luck, but when you throw it over your left shoulder, it kind of cancels out the bad luck. But I went yeah. through a phase, I had to I had to start defining what throwing salt was because I went through a phase where whenever I like place salt on anything, I would throw a few grains over my left shoulder, which it's just unsustainable, Marcus. I mean, imagine, you know, you're you're sitting in, in a salad bar and you're salting your salad and all of a sudden you just throw a load of salt over your left <laughs> shoulder and you're done for a salt. Eh. Uh. Eh. Uh. That joke would have been so perfect if you didn't start it with starting in a salad bar and putting salt on your salad. Marcus, the potential. Listen, anyway, imagine Salt Bay though. If he, if he had to do it every like, time. Salt Bay, who is my, my my hero. Imagine if he had to throw a little salt over his left shoulder every time. Yeah, it, yeah, wouldn't, it wouldn't be, be the would, same, it would it? It wouldn't be as glam, would he? No. Okay, anyway, back to the question at hand here. Why do we cross our fingers for luck? Any ideas? Why do we cross our fingers for luck? Honestly... I have no idea. Maybe it's just because, like, when you're crossing your fingers, you're consciously thinking about succeeding in whatever you're doing. Like, it's Ooh, good theory. it's putting a little bit of thought and associating it with physical action. It's almost like, um, you know, like you're kind of programming yourself to associate that with succeeding. That's kind of cool, actually. That's like yeah. a good theory. But uh, before we kind of kick off the episode, it's worth bringing to the table that it's not just luck that we cross our fingers for, but also when we're not telling the truth. You know, when you're, you're telling a fib oh my God, yeah, it's and like, you hold your fingers behind your back as in, you yeah. know, to, 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 to kind of get away with telling a lie. So are the two in any way related? Well, we'll, we'll go into finger crossing first. For luck, and then we'll yeah. kind of we'll follow on. But okay. there's a couple of theories on this one, why we cross our fingers for luck. Right, inform us, almighty one. <laughs> okay, well, the first dates to a pre-Christianity pagan belief in Western Europe in the powerful symbolism of a cross. As in, like, the, the cross, like, old, old Jesus on the cross, like the cross being that famous pagan symbol. That Famous pagan symbol, exactly. So the intersection was thought to mark a concentration of good spirits and serve to anchor a wish until it came true. So supposedly there were people who believed in the sacred geometry of Mm -hmm. the cross, which said that good spirits resided in the intersection of the two pieces. So like when people made wishes on a shooting star, they'd make wishes in the same way at crosses. That's exactly it. But it actually involved two people, believe it or not. It wasn't just the kind of the finger crossing symbol that we right. know right now. So the practice of wishing upon a cross in those early European cultures evolved to where people would cross their index finger over that of someone expressing a wish to show support. But eventually wish makers realized they could go it alone and create their own cross with just their fingers so they could wish on anything and everything to their heart's desire without depending on someone else. First they used to cross index fingers and then finally adopting the one-handed practice that we still use today. 
Okay, that makes sense that it used to be used to, you know, make a wish and express well-wishing towards someone and now it's used for luck. I mean, when you break them down, they're fairly similar things. Well, this kind of may or may not be the cause, but as to how the modern practice was popularised, most historians support a second theory, which has way more in way of actual evidence supporting it. Are we talking cold, hard evidence? Cold, hard evidence. Okay, so it's thought that the act of crossing one's finger started way back in the early days of Christianity now. At this time, Christianity was outlawed and there was dire consequences for anybody who showed support of it. Um, I mean, yeah, you could literally be crucified. You could literally be, you could, yeah. you could be, yeah, you could be, you be, could be killed for supporting Shot with a load of arrows. Like if you look at all the, walk into a church and look at iconography, there's always one lad who's been shot with about 30 arrows. <laughs> it's rough. Well, that's exactly it. So, Early days of Christianity, you had to hide the fact that you're a Christian, okay? Mm-hmm. And because of this, early believers and followers had to, as I said, be really secretive about it. And they made up their own signs and symbols, a language, kind of, I suppose, to recognize other believers. So what, like, wink once if you're hungry, cough twice if you're in danger, shake your head three times if you're a Christian, like that kind of... <laughs> Well, coughing three times in this case is taught to have been crossing fingers. Right, okay, so... In this case, would they cross fingers secretly and hope someone sees? Is that is that kind of how it well, works? Well, way cooler than that. They used to use it as a secret handshake. Oh, I love secret handshakes. Yeah, yeah. So in the early days, members of Christianity probably made crosses with another person. And in this case, each member would present their thumb and an index finger in the shape of an L and their thumbs would touch and their index fingers would cross. So it's almost, you'd go up and try to, you go up and try to make the symbol with somebody and if they did it, then you'd know that they were they were part of your gang. I'm trying to do it with myself here and it kind of makes the symbol fairly similar to today's, you know, the Christian fish symbol. That's exactly it. It's very, very similar to the today's yeah. Christian fish symbol. Mm. So you mentioned that there's more evidence to support this theory. Um, that is to do with, you know, the early days of Christianity as opposed to pagan crosses. Is there any more evidence? Historians back up this theory more because of the popularity of crossing fingers in later Christian groups. And even today in nations where Christianity has historically dominated, the tradition still exists. In Buddhist and Muslim communities, the practice of crossing your fingers for luck isn't nearly as widespread. Oh, no way. Yeah. But in this theory, like the, the kind of the crux of it is that it always involved two people. Like, it, you know, it was a secret handshake. Yeah, so the, when the, when did that change? The solo finger crossing may have developed following on from this theory that it was used to show you're a Christian. So some even speculate it was done at early gatherings with everyone holding up their crossed fingers. Okay, so sort of like scouts when you put up your your scout paw and the way you stand in a circle to make a symbol with your fingers, you know, it kind of shows loyalty and teamwork and brings everyone together. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's kind of like a, a symbol for togetherness. Or when you're at a rock concert and everyone's throwing up their devil horns. <laughs> it's like, Metallica! But there isn't, there isn't actually a lot of evidence to back this up. But many believe it did start as a Christian symbol of togetherness. And most historians think the tradition of one person crossing their middle finger over their index finger like we do today developed or at least was popularised sometime around the Hundreds Year War, which is about the 14th to the 15th century. During bloody battles, soldiers needed God's favour or a little luck to see to see them through the battle. And probably, you know, crossing fingers with somebody else, like thumb and index style, probably wasn't too practical 
if you're in the middle of a battle or they're like charging on a horse or something. Exactly, exactly. As the gesture evolved, people used it not just for God's favour or luck, but to ward off evils or illnesses amongst other things. These days, you don't even have to kind of cross your fingers. Many people just say fingers crossed and you wouldn't really associate it with being religious as such. I never thought about it being religious. Yeah. Um, but then... Where did the second meaning of you crossing your fingers come from when you cross your fingers behind your back when you're lying? Just to go back to what you said earlier. The origins of why fingers are crossed to justify a lie are kind of even murkier in terms of any real cold, hard evidence. But it's generally thought this little kind of get out of jail free card trick may have roots in Christianity as well. The same as crossing your fingers for luck. Okay, go on. So one of the Ten Commandments is... Do not testify falsely against your neighbour, or put simply, do not lie. It's speculated that Christians started making the cross symbol with their fingers when lying to protect themselves against God's wrath for breaking one of the commandments. Because as was said earlier, spirits are concentrated at the crossing point of the cross, right? Yeah. And if they shielded themselves with the cross, it would protect them from the negative effects of lying. It's thought that this may have began in a similar time when Christians had to lie about being Christian since the religion was was outlawed. Yeah, so when they lied about being Christian, they may have crossed their fingers behind their back to kind of, almost as a shield from God, I'm I'm lying, but this crossing fingers is going to shield me from lying. Yeah, okay, it's kind of, yeah, as you said, a get out of jail free card. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I love the way, like, this episode makes perfect sense and can be dated back to a time and place. Like, all of these explanations and theories genuinely... Just makes sense. They all check out, yeah. And whilst researching this episode, I found so many questions that would be perfect for episodes down the line. Lots to do with hand symbols and facial gestures and bodily gestures throughout history. But because we're feeling extremely generous today, lovely listener, we're going to give you one of those questions as a little bonus because this one is just too good. Oh, yes, we are. So when Marcus and I were discussing this episode, we started chatting about hand symbols, as I just said, as a whole, you know, hand symbols as a whole, mm-hmm. and what so many of them mean and where they came from. One that we kind of were extremely curious about was why people stuck their middle finger up as a yeah. little, screw you. So Mark's did a little bit of digging and he's uh, he's got the answer for us. I'm excited to hear. The theory I had always been told was that it came from longbow archers in the British Battle of Aquitaine. Um, the, the middle finger was crucial for aiming a, aiming a bow. Uh, yes, so that when well, yeah. when they were killed or captured, they chop off the middle finger so that they were rendered useless. Okay. So to show their defiance against uh, against their their enemies, they'd put up their middle finger to be like, "You haven't got me yet." Wow! But that's completely false. Oh, yeah, it's completely false. Um, <laughs> the the actual origin of the middle finger comes from um, much like the alphabet comes from Latins and Greeks. Okay. Absolutely, and it was generally generally held up um, in a, it was associated with the a phallus. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the middle finger was held up, representing, yeah, and um, and it was used as an insult. So it goes way back. It's nothing to do with archery. Oh, the nothing archery to... explanation makes perfect sense as well. I, I know, but do you know what? To believe that one. I I was looking at it, and actually, the whole archer, like at that time in battles. People weren't capturing each other. Fair. Yeah. Fair. So it goes right back. It's actually quite interesting when you read about it and you look at the evolution of the middle finger throughout Latin to Greek to Roman kind of... That's incredible. Yeah, really There's so many guys, honestly, look up hand gestures and hand symbols. There's so many really, really interesting explainers that hopefully we might get to down the line up in the show with Marcus. 
Before we end the episode, though, we've time for two really, really quick facts, okay? Quick facts. Okay, go for it. So belief in superstitions and luck can be found all around the world. Wondering why people believed in luck led two Canadian psychologists to develop a belief in luck scale. A belief in luck scale? A belief a belief in good luck scale, yeah. Amazing. Which sought to figure out what kind of people believed in luck and who thought it was merely just chance. They found that belief in luck had little to do with self-esteem or even general happiness, but optimistic people were much more likely to believe that they were inherently lucky than negative people. That makes a lot of sense, you know, but it kind of supports the, the whole you create your own luck theory, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, can I read the next one? Go for it. In China, pigs are considered signs of prosperity and good luck. You should move to China, Marcus. You'd be worshipped over there. Well, there you have it. Why we cross our fingers for luck and why we cross our fingers to kind of get out of telling a lie. A lot of it is rooted in Christianity, but some really, really good, good explainers there. It's really, really, really interesting, actually. Yeah, like I never thought about the whole symbolism of the cross and, you know, the links to paganism and then like all the kind of stuff about Christianity being illegal. It's crazy. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of In The Show with Taz and Marcus. If you liked what you heard and you liked learning about something random and having a bit of chunky knowledge for your morning, then good news, there's over 50 episodes for you to binge listen to of In The Show with Taz and Marcus. You can get it on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Click that subscribe button, rate and review, and please recommend us to all your friends and family. That's very important. If you like what we do, podcast spread by word of mouth. Put it on your Twitter. Put it, Say it to your granny. I haven't told you to say, say it to your granny in a while, but you know what? Give your granny a call and say, listen, granny, I'm only coming to visit if you listen to this podcast. <laughs> As we said at the beginning of this episode, we are delighted, delighted, delighted to be sponsored by the amazing Cadbury Twirl. And Marks and I are using our question answering knowledge to try to get to the most mysterious question of them all we're trying to get to the bottom of the question what makes a twirl so twirly and hopefully we can figure it out in the next week or two if you actually have any theories on what makes a cadbury twirl so twirly then please 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 do get in touch because we'd love to know your theories you can also get in touch with us on facebook just look up in the shower with taz and marcus or if you're on instagram or twitter just look up at in the shower pod even if you just want to say hello and tell us that you're listening, you listeners are invisible to us. So we love when people get in touch and just say hello. We also always accept pictures of your pets and we have gotten, I'm going to say, probably close to 100 of them at this stage. We should make a little, like, wall of fame. Oh, my God, a wall of fame. In the share with Taz and Marcus, pets wall of fame. Yes. Dreams do come true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a few thank yous to wrap up the episode. A massive thank you to Alan and Paddy and all the crew in the Head Stuff podcast studio. We love what you guys do. Thank you. Next up, thanks Flo Robinson for our cover art. Thank you, Dave Gertzman, for sending us a brand spanking new theme song out of nowhere. If you need a jingle, look up Dave's Recordorama on Instagram. He is the man. Next week's question, Marcus. Next week's question. Tell me what it is. Next week's question is another question that's been sent in by a wonderful Cadbury Twirl fan. And it's a question that we have not researched yet, but I am extremely excited to find out the answer because I think this might also be magic. Go on, tell me. How does Wi-Fi work? Ooh. That episode is going to be out next Monday morning in time for your morning shower. But in the meantime... Keep scrubbing in the shower with Taz and Marcus. 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 In the shower with Taz and Marcus.
This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.